Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's Kiki and Kemi. Thanks for joining us for our first Relevant Ramble. So a Relevant Ramble, if you're curious, what in the world is that? We're going to be doing these periodically. They're basically going to be mini episodes where we're, where we're going to discuss trending topics in higher education. We may share some quick tips. It could be like financial tips, college tips, resume, just quick things that we want to share with you all. And we may go into more depth um, about things that we, we discussed in prior episodes. So these will be short, probably 15 minutes or less episodes that you'll get periodically. So yeah, I want to share the first one with you and I'll kick it off to Kemi. Hey, everybody. So our first relevant ramble comes from an article from the Chronicle of Higher Education. So this article is entitled Three Things New Federal Data Reveal About How Colleges Fared During the Pandemic. It's by Aubrey Williams June and Brian O'Leary. So essentially, the three main things that they drew from the data from 2020 uh, was that revenue from room and board and other auxiliary services took a hit at public colleges. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the second um, fact that they found was first-time freshmen didn't enroll in their typical numbers with two-year colleges faring the worst. And the third one was part-time instructors bore some of the steepest cuts in academic workforce. So there definitely mm-hmm. was obvious. I mean, I mean, you can kind of see these shifts kind of coming, wouldn't you think, Kiki? Um, mm-hmm. Just because we're kind of in a pandemic, everything is just kind of all over the place in terms of trying to figure out what to do next. Um, I mean, I know, I think we were talking about this like a couple of months, like, like no, like last year, about mm-hmm. like the colleges outrolling different plans. And it's like, all right, we're going to outroll plan on this date. And then we're going to have <laughs> another plan to outroll this plan on this date. <laughs> <laughs> and students are asking me what's going to happen. I'm like, do you think I know? I don't right. even know. I, I know what you know, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know if I'm coming into work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I just need to have you remain calm because that's what I'm trying to have myself do. <laughs> but yeah. Um, how do you think, and I think it's, it's kind of important to like talk about this a little bit too, is because COVID's not going anywhere. We have these different strands that are coming out. It's going to be with us for a while. Um, some people are making it sound as if it's going to be similar to kind of like the flu where it's like seasonal and it's kind of it's always kind of going on in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think something to kind of think about is how is this going to affect higher education mm-hmm. moving forward? Um, what it, what the classrooms are even going to look like? Um, like, what do you think, Kiki? I believe that classrooms are already kind of moving to like digital spaces anyway, Mm-hmm. You know, because if you go into a classroom now, even before 2020, they had like cameras, you know, they have smart boards. I know we had that back in the day, like, you yeah, know, in classrooms. So I feel like technology was always moving to like virtual spaces, sorry, um, classrooms are moving to like virtual spaces in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I definitely, I know like at my college, we've seen a lot more students wanting to be virtual still. Really? So I... Yeah, uh, I th- I feel like they had a lot more classes in person than they needed, and like mm-hmm. all the online classes are full. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like have rolling admissions, so you know students can apply to the school anytime. So they are 
somewhat adding more virtual mm. set or online sections or classes. But yeah, I feel like online was so much more popular than people wanting to come in person. And I, I understand like why they still want to be virtual. Mm. Apart, I mean, besides COVID and just like the safety, it's now like convenient. If yeah. I if I, if I can choose to go to school online, I think people are going to do that. So I definitely see this shift. Like, yeah, I don't know that how many more classes, like especially like a gen ed, like an English, a math, a social science, you know, those can be virtual. Right. You still have to offer, you know, certain students need to be in person or have a preference to be in person. So absolutely there will be options for that. Or there should be options mm-hmm. um, unless it's like a technical class or something that needs to be like hands-on or clinical. Mm-hmm. I don't, I really do think a lot of classrooms, a lot more instructors and professors are going to want to be virtual mm. anyway. What do you think? I think that it might prove to be a helpful shift for, for some people that might not be aware of this kind of term, but there's traditional and non-traditional students. So traditional students are your basic students that are fresh out of high school, going into college, and they're staying on campus, they're staying in room and board, right? And then you have non-traditional students where there's a lot of people in higher ed that are non-traditional, but it's hard Mm -hmm. for them to meet the graduation rate within four years because they're non-traditional in a sense of they're not fresh out of high school. Maybe they have some kids. Maybe they have a lot. They're working at a full-time job. So Mm -hmm. it takes longer for them to, to actually graduate. But if you, if now, if a lot of different classes are becoming more available online or more, more hybrid prone, um, it might increase I would I would uh, my estimate would be it might increase higher graduation rates and completion rates for mm-hmm. non-traditional students in the future so I think that's something that could benefit from it um, but however you will still see that it will have to be some kind of balance that's made because you do have students that do want to be in class physically like I know where I work I work with a lot of students that are international so obviously, if they're going to come mm. all the way across the world, they're going to want to sit in a class physically. And, mm-hmm. I, and I get it, too. I'm like, if I'm here, I need I want to be in, in class. So that's something that colleges will have to consider, especially if they have a high percentage of students that are international. Um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's just visa wise, too, because they have to be in a certain amount of in-person classes for their visa. They can't just take all online courses in the U.S. It's a no go. Um, mm. Some mm-hmm. like that law was a little bit bent this year um mm-hmm. yeah i noticed yeah. It too yeah it was a little bent but um previously that was a big no-go so i think that that will have to maybe be a shift that higher education goes to but something else that you know is kind of is going to heavily weigh upon the shift of higher education is obviously money because mm-hmm. if colleges become if a lot if a large portion of classes become online and students are going to say, well, if it is online, this better be a discounted price. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so you're going to have some of that bounce back, too. So who knows? I think it's going to be like a kind of who knows? I think there could be some positive disruptions that come out of this kind of instance. Uh, but then you could also see some scenarios where there were actually some colleges that were closing just because a lot of it was mm-hmm. uh, majority of it was hands on and in person. Mm-hmm. So um so honestly, it could go either way. It really could go either way. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like maybe it depends on the type of school. So like I work at a community college. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, you like talked about traditional students versus non-traditional students. And we have a lot more students that are non-traditional. Mm-hmm. So our class is moving to online or hybrid. 
that makes sense that a lot of them for convenience you know yeah. want to be online um but i think like for four-year schools there's a lot more incentives in a mm-hmm. way for a four-year school because you can go off to school you can yeah. live in dorms so i mean of course that comes now with certain risks um yeah. and more like regulations for like living in dorms but i feel like for students that are traditional they want to go off right to college and I don't know, I mean, I don't know the numbers of like how many students didn't live on campus, but I feel like it was still significant. Yeah. Like, they just had a lot more, you had to get tested or, you know, you had to, if you were exposed, you had to be quarantined. So I feel like they made it work. People are going to get infected, unfortunately. Um, but I think it's just how like you, how every school, you know, is going to decide to manage it. So yeah, I just feel like still for your colleges, a lot of them are still going to be afloat some way because I think so you know, too. students want to go off to school they want to get they want to be involved they want to live in dorms they want to have the four-year college experience true and I kind of just noticed like a lot of students were like I just want to go even last year like I don't care I just want to go I yeah want to people and I like I totally feel that so that's why I'm like I think they'll be okay for the most part a lot of them but there there will be some like you just mentioned that may go under Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that they may not offer, they may not just have the the capacity mm, to even have the their capacity. class online. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, because I was even hearing some, one of my friends was telling me, um, she's like trying to prep her classes to go to to medical school, and she had to do this lab at home, and she was telling me <laughs> that she's growing bacteria at home. <laughs> and I was no, like. That's- real yeah I was like what and then she was saying it didn't even grow because I think it was in her garage and all this other stuff I was like yeah some things you just can't duplicate at home man you just can't you can't <laughs> no you can't I know one of, our, one of our classes like anatomy and physiology they're they've been online for years but it says like in the section details they will send the bunny rabbit to your house to dissect so uh-uh. I'll, then I'm just gonna yeah. say yeah I did it but it's not gonna get touched because if you're not looking at me and monitoring me if you're not monitoring me on zoom then <laughs> who's gonna know but who's gonna know I will roll up a yeah. video from YouTube of someone and just like this is me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like somebody's hands just all you see is hands but I mean yeah, they definitely have to be like adjustments made and they're just like I don't know how I don't know because you can't really accommodate every because there's mm-hmm. so many a lot of schools even if it's a small school there's so many students that have their different like learning styles or their preferences it's really hard to accommodate everybody but yeah. I think this is going to be a huge like you said a huge shift for a lot of colleges just to figure out like how to maintain your campus presence mm-hmm. but also make sure that you have virtual classrooms and virtual services period Mm-hmm. Like, stu- you know, student services as well. So I feel like, you know, last year was like rushed, but this like moving forward, you have to offer virtual services, like efficient and well-run virtual services mm-hmm. from this point on. So it's like now schools need to start thinking about like taking the time to think about all of that too. Right. Not just like, we want you to come back. Yes, that's great. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do for students that aren't ready to come back? Or you know, like you yeah. said, in your instance, a lot of international students that, just can't come back so right the time for schools to be you know yeah you gotta leadership to be thinking about that for real yeah you gotta start it's unfortunate but you gotta start thinking of these backup plans and you can't you can't fault all these institutions because who's 
have any of these institutions really dealt with a pandemic before? No. Mm, no. So especially during this time, like this generation. So everybody's mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure it out the best that they can with the finances that are going on in the back end, trying to ensure that people are getting the education and they're trying to be as safe as possible. But there's so much planning to be to be thought of because even because COVID's going to be here for a while. So even if a student is vaccinated, they could still get they can still get sick and they could still not feel well enough to come to class. And mm-hmm. they also would still have to quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially, sure. the professors are going to have to, which kind of stinks, but they're going to have to kind of figure out, okay, how can I still accommodate this student to attend class? Do I have, can I, can I do a zoom in for them? Um, can I give them separate assignments? It's, I think it's going to be a little tricky for professors, though, to be honest, because they got to kind of figure out how to work with them, how to be flexible, um, and still make sure that they're giving the right grades to them. So it is a lot for mm-hmm. them to figure out. But mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of what's coming on with which you have to figure out with these unprecedented times. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, but I think something going forward for families that they could find useful um, since higher education is always, you know, moving, moving and grooving is that they could, if you're applying to a school or even to a trade school, most importantly, if it's a hands-on kind of institution or you're getting like a certificate program, make sure you're just asking these questions ahead of time so you can be prepped mm-hmm. and ready to understand if these kind of scenarios arise um understand like maybe ask ahead of time okay if I were to get accepted into this college come the next follow the following fall do you kind of have I know it's kind of early but what do you think might be some of the plans for being on campus do you think Mm -hmm. it would be starting remotely do you think it'd be a hybrid method what happens if I was sick do you kind of have idea of what that may look like um because those are really important questions to ask if you're let's say you're moving across the state you're moving somewhere far so you have to figure out those important um that important information or even Mm -hmm. let's say a student if you get sick on campus and then your roommate is not sick miraculously right um, are they going to put you someplace to quarantine because some schools Mm -hmm. I think some schools were having students stay at hotels um yeah yeah our school they had like a certain number of quarantine um, like rooms that they kept that students couldn't move couldn't move into, so they use that as a backup mm-hmm. so people mm-hmm. could stay there. So, but then it's like not all schools can even afford that. So right. there's there's so many things to plan for, and again, who's been through a pandemic to think of these things? So it's very interesting, very interesting. It is. But yeah. Kim made a good point. Just you know, make sure you ask those questions. No, you know, information should be on the website for those schools that you're applying to. You definitely want to be aware mm-hmm. of what's you know what you're walking into for you know each environment you're going into mm-hmm. um yeah just during these just during this pandemic and moving forward too so yeah and see what's the right mm-hmm. fit for you if you don't think that you starting on mine would be the most productive for you the first year then maybe consider switching to your b school or <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe even consider postponing it's all about what works best for you and how you think it's going to be how you think you're going to be the most successful absolutely but, yeah but that was our relevant ramble these are our short and sweet little mini sodes for you to get thinking about trending topics or any mini academic tips that we may have for you to throw your way so we will see you guys in the next one see you bye
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.